Oh, why hello, party people. Welcome, welcome. It is a damn good day to have a damn good day. This is Ian Lenhart coming at you from Miami, Florida, and I'm excited. We're jumping into an epic packed adventure of an episode. We're going to stimulate your mind. Hopefully you're listening to this early in the morning. I'm talking before 8 a.m. because you're a savage and you wake up at 7, which is nuts to us later bloomers. But I'm excited because we're going to talk about an episode that is going to get you to challenge yourself mentally and make you do things that's uncomfortable. Doing things uncomfortable is how we grow as people. And we're going to talk about that. So when is the last time you did something that was either challenging or weird, right? And I'm talking in two different buckets. The first one is something that's just a challenge. It requires both maybe physical exertion, mental exertion, or some sort of level of difficulty where you have to really do some critical thinking. A lot of us haven't done a lot of critical thinking in a while. We're doing the same do-do-do-do-do, do-do-do-do-do, and then next thing you know, it's just do-do-do-do-do every single day. We're not changing it up. Like we're not even changing up the way we get to work in the morning. We're taking the same route over and over and over. We need to constantly challenge ourselves. We need to constantly make sure that we're evolving and doing different things. It's it's in our DNA, it keeps the brains moving and creates new neurons. And these neurons are gonna allow us to be able to digest more information, which is awesome. We're only humans for so long on this earth. We should attempt to digest a solid amount of information. There's not too much more things you can do besides learn and explore this beautiful, brilliant world of creativity and imagination. Anyways, when was the last time you did something that was challenging? A couple of things, maybe going, trying to go rock climbing, maybe trying to go patent something. Has anyone ever patented something? It'd be interesting to try to find out how, huh? Maybe try to build a brand from scratch, you know, your brand, a different brand. Try it out. Maybe you could try to design your own merchandise. Shout out. It's a damn good day, baby. Damngoodday.com coming to you guys soon. Maybe you guys go buy an $80 inflatable kayak. You can go on Amazon right now for 80 bucks. You can get this two-person inflatable kayak. It is awesome. It does the job and it gets you from point A to point B. Boom. When's the last time you've done and tried that? Maybe you go set up some sort of aquarium with some weird creature and you become a weird creature aquarium owner. You know, maybe you go and find a coconut, you chop that coconut and you create a like a coconut bra. You do something that's different, something that's weird, something that's fun, something that challenges you, something that makes you just expand your way of thinking. You do something different. That's what I want you guys to do today. I want you to think about this episode and how can I do something different? And we're talking to Ashley Orr. Ashley is incredible. She is one of those absolute lunatic psycho people like my producer of this podcast, Sky Warrenchek, who decides to put herself into an ice bath on the daily to do something difficult. And the benefits of these ice baths are just incredible. Being able to expose yourself to this harsh environment and conquer something that's tough sets you up for the rest of the day. That's why I'm so fascinated with all the conversations of cold exposure, the Wim Hof method, and everything that Ashley Orr is about because she is a true savage. I mean, she talks about all these different things about building your mindset and your mental strength. If you have mental strength, you can withhold so much pain. You can go through so much And we need to build that mental strength, right? A lot of us have gotten soft, especially if you move to a warm environment like Florida. Next thing you know, it's so warm all the time. You're just, you're soft. A little temperature drop and you you out here, Charmin Ultra Soft. So we need to make sure we're doing things that are uncomfortable. 
Ashley's a true badass. I met Ashley through Sky Warrenchek, our producer. Shout out. Uh, Ashley was one of the instructors in Sky's class when he went out to Poland to do the Wim Hof method with the legend himself. So we were able to get Ashley on the podcast, and she's just super chill, super down to earth, and she's just an awesome human. Like, I. I love this podcast. I love what she's about. I love the message she pushes out. So guys, you guys are going to enjoy this episode. I hope you love this podcast as much as I love doing it. And without further ado, episode 112 of the Len Jones Party M2 podcast. Let's jump into it. live. Ashley is in the building. How are you? I'm so grateful you're on. Thank you so much for having me. It's so good to be here today, Ian. Thanks so much. And where where are you based right now? So right now I'm in Canada. I'm just south of Toronto. Uh, so I go into Lake Erie a lot. It's really close. Amazing. Is, it, is there good fishing in Lake Erie? <laughs> there is. Yeah. Um, pickerel, paddock. I'm not really sure. I don't uh, fish a lot, but yeah, the fish is good here. <laughs> Very cool. We're trying to 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 break apart how somebody like gets into this world, right? Once you get into it, everything changes. And I know, like we spoke before, talking about all sorts of different things, such as the the past traumas and how that can influence your life and and the healing that is associated with that. And you've had a really tough journey, and you've gone through a lot of just mental you know, health and and fighting and and all these things that have led you to be who you are today, which is incredible. I mean, you inspire people all around the world. Your trainings are incredible. So I assume that this is going to be a weird conversation because it's always weird when you're like going deep into what's going on in your brain. You know, we're humans. Everything's, everything's effed up in the life of humans, right? Every, Every day we're walking around in a giant, you know, planet in the middle of time and space that we know nothing about and we haven't even discovered half the species in the world and we don't know what the hell's going on so there's a lot of things that we might, we can get into here but in terms of totally. when you first got into the Wim Hof deal like were you where were you working like what was that like yeah um so actually the first time I heard about Wim Hof method uh was a grand opening for a salt cave um place so it's a halo therapy if you haven't heard of it Um, where they use actual uh, replications of salt mines um, for healing spiritually, physically. Um, So we can go into that. But that was kind of the first initiation into the Wim Hof method. Um, I was sitting with a guy, Jay. uh, He owns a float center. So right at the time, it was like sensory deprivation tanks. I started hearing about ayahuasca, plant medicine. Um, So I was just in a part of my life where I was kind of questioning my regular modalities, how I lived my life, who I believed, what I believed in, my values, and I was questioning a lot of things. Um, so Wim Hof came at a perfect time uh, where I was open. So you're, and- you're, you're doing these sensory deprivation tanks and you tried a few times and the owner basically mentions Wim Hof? Absolutely. Yeah, so Jay's friends with uh, the first instructor in Canada, Giovanni. Um, so I learned right from him. I think uh, we actually ent- attended his first workshop. Uh, so cold exposure, breath work, something uh, that was very new to me, but it really opened up something inside. Um, 
kind of peels back layers really gently. You start finding your truth, either through the cold or the breath. Somehow, intuition and anxiety finally were separated, and I could differentiate between the two. Um, so listening to your gut was a big thing, and that's something that I learned through the Wim Hof Method, which I wasn't expecting. Also, answers appear of questions that you don't even know you had. Um, so lots of things are going on during this time, and I was super excited and just wanted to really dive into it even more. You, intuition, anxiety, all these things. In terms of peeling back that onion, so you first go to the Wim Hof Method and you go for, was it a week intensive? No, so this one was just a workshop, uh, a small little glimmer into what I was going to head into uh, towards my life. So it was a fundamentals workshop, which is a great way to learn the Wim Hof method. Uh, we go over breath work, the science of the method, the theory, the man behind the method. And then we do ice baths, which is just something that'll blow your mind if you haven't experienced cold exposure before. So that is something that I have yet to truly master. I'm trying every, it's so cool for my friends that have the the ice baths in the back in their backyard. Basically, they get these freezers. You can buy a freezer for like two hundred bucks. Anton used to have one of these, and I believe Sky yeah. has one now. And you just fill it up with water, freeze it up. It, I think it's thirty seven, thirty eight degrees, and you just plumb it in. But that's tough. It takes a lot of <sighs> to do that, especially to get past that first minute when you're just bones are cringing. So you mentioned that the the ice is the teacher. Can you talk a little bit more about the experience you feel the first time you've ever did an ice bath? Yeah, um, it put me in a place of time and space that I'd never been before. Uh, time moves very differently. Uh, the method starts beginning the second you see the ice, you know, the brain chatter, the monkey chatter, all the stories start playing. That's when fear sets in. Um, and then you go into the ice and then like most things or anything, it's not as bad as, you know, how you made it up in your head to be. When you're in the ice, it's a beautiful escape because you can't think about anything that normally would consume your mind. You know, the lists go away, the drama, the fight you had earlier that day, everything just kind of melts away in the ice. Um, Is it sort of linked to the whole fight or flight desire? It can be. So what it does is actually train your body to find calm and chaos. So normally we have a couple systems that we run in. We have our sympathetic, which is our rest and digest. It's where our body repairs itself, where we heal. Normally we're in sympathetic. So this is our fight or flight. Right now society is stuck there. Okay, we're in our responses mode. We're in reaction. We're very high stress, high alert, uh, so we can get stuck there. Breath work takes us down, but also the cold trains us to find calm and chaos. So also to find our inner peace when we have this chaos around us, which is so important right now. So the inner peace, basically you're in the cold and you find the thing that helps you get through the cold and that is the inner peace. Absolutely, and the breath. So the breath is going to be the anchor. And at the workshops, you learn how to prepare for the cold. So not only are we dulling our pain receptors by going alkaline with our breath work, 
which you can do within 20 minutes of your practice. So that preps you for the cold. It's also great, you know, to start the day or if you had a workout, um, a long run, make those uh, pain receptors nice and dull and then hit into the cold. Now, normally when we go into something that scares us or frightens us, uh, we would breathe in and hold our breath and it gets stuck in the chest. So you learn through the method and through the, an instructor to go into the cold and anchor your breath. As long as your exhale is longer than your inhale, you're in your parasympathetic state. And that's when you're in complete control of what's going on around you. So if you were just to go diving into the coldest of water, what would happen compared to before you do all the training and prep work before getting in? Well, the body would probably respond in panic mode. Most people, um, they think that they will, you know, die or be harmed by hypothermia and the cold harms you, but really it's your panic and your shock and people end up unfortunately drowning. You know, if we're giving the example of say you fell over water into icy water, it's not the cold that kills you. It's the response. That is blows my mind. So if you can control your breath, you can control your chill in the water and just simmer down. The cold isn't giving you hypothermia. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like any medicine, um, it can turn to poison. So you don't want to overdo it. We first put people into the ice for two minutes and 20 seconds. That time you'll reap your beneficial, um, you'll reap your benefits physically. And then the rest is just mindset basically. So, you know, well, I can imagine, I can imagine the shock itself is meditative because I experienced that when I scuba dive. It's the only time in my life where I just stop caring about everything else because all I'm thinking about is breathing and I'm underwater. And if I stop breathing, I'm, I'm effed, right? So I feel that there's some sort of sink there when you put your body into some form of, hey, I need to focus all of my energy on this, which is essentially what meditation is. Absolutely. Yeah. So between the breath work and the cold exposure, you can go to really high places with spirit um, and connect on a different level that, you know, I've never experienced before. Um, something very similar would be plant medicine that I could kind of compare the feeling to. That's more breath work, but the cold just gives you a transcendual relationship that is pretty indescribable and very unique um, as the person that goes into it. Can you tell a little bit about what that 20 minutes is leading up to jumping in the water? So activating, I think you mentioned the peripheral nervous system. Can you explain what's actually going on in the blood when you're doing those breaths? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what's happening is we are increasing um, our blood flow. We are uh, raising our alkalinity. We're actually dulling pain receptors. We're activating our endocannabinoid system naturally. So they have receptors all over our bodies. Um, if you ever smoked cannabis or used it, so you can take your high higher with breath work, but also you're naturally igniting these receptors. Um, so anything that the endocannabinoid system does, reproductive inflammation, it also eases anxiety. Um, we're also hacking into our immune system. So we're building immunity our endocrine system, that's our home hormonal system. So deep down in the reptilian brain, our hypothalamus, we're igniting that. Uh, so we are just giving a few systems in our body 
a really cool ride when we're going through the breath work. That's interesting because when you're just going through life, you're not doing anything different that's making your body feel different. And here you're kind of biohacking your body to start releasing these neurotoxins and these feelings that you've never felt before, which is why I'm always so in, in admiration for people that actually do not just breath work, but the ice deal and, and can control themselves because they explain breath work if you're deep in the sauce of being as if you're on drugs and to be able to replicate some of the most extreme drugs you could do in society just with your breath. And, and likely you're not going to have to go to the ER afterwards because you're freaking out. So that's like, it just blows my mind. And I see what you're talking about because you seem to be almost as if you have crossed into another land, just the way you speak about these things. And the people that do this are like that, you know, they see it in a way. And I believe it. it's not this religious type of organization that you're just like, what's going on? No, these are just any human being can just start breathing life into themselves. And it makes sense. I mean, everything that you're talking about makes sense, hypothetically. But why don't more people do it? You know, I think like any practice, we are we live in a society where we want things immediately. And if you put the work in, you will reap the rewards. Um, just like floating. The first time I floated, it was completely, you know, a different space, I, completely abnormal to me. Um, after about three floats, your body gets in flow and you start surrendering. Once you surrender to your breath and where you can go, um, it's definitely easier with guidance. So maybe the first two tries, a couple tries, you know, learn from an instructor, um, go online, press a recorded breathwork session and yeah, see where your, where your breath will take you. It's really cool because when we release hormones, one in particular is oxytocin. So that is the hormone that women release when they're giving birth to their babies. It's a bonding chemical. So can you imagine if we did breath work, you know, before work, before we communicated with our partners and our families, before we had a big meeting, going in feeling higher connected to yourself and to others um, can go a really long way and can only take about 20 minutes. 20 minutes and that's laying down. That's you, you recommend guided breath works for anybody that's starting. I would for sure, because then you can get out of your mind and into your body. Uh, the voice can anchor you, you can follow it. Uh, when I first started, I had a lot of ego going in and, you know, I would play these little sayings in my head, like, what are you doing? This is so weird. Um, so I had to deprogram myself a lot about what I believed breathwork, meditation and cold exposure really was. So you have to get past the ego too. <laughs> Now that you've been on the other side, what does that look like for you? So how do you, how do you think about your practice and, and what it's done for your life? Um, I, I do believe that once you go on the other side and you're woke or awake, awakened, there's no turning back. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, before you may have lived uh, autopilot life and that was very comfortable. Um, but when you start turning little things on and sparks inside, uh, you start living very intentionally where everything matters. Every breath you take, your small micro intentions lead to bigger results. Um, so 
it's definitely a super cool journey. Um, it takes a lot of work to get places and, you know, places in your body, mind, and spirit. Um, it's a constant practice for sure, but definitely worth the work for sure. How do you think it interacts with today's society of being so addicted to our phones? In the sense that, do you feel that once you master meditation and breath work or using something like the Wim Hof method, you're more able to remove yourself from the negatives that you per se can be used in terms of social media? I'm just referencing because and I use my phone too much. Like uh, I need, um, a, I need to chill. Yeah, I also do. Um, to the point where it's giving me like physical reaction because it's made of nickel and I'm allergic to nickel and I'm just finding out the correlation between, you know, my skin on my hands and my phone, which is like disgusting. So I'm literally like. Physically so your actual hand was having a reaction. Yeah. Wow, the iPhone. Yeah. That is the first time. Yeah, it's um has a lot of nickel in it. What else has nickel in it? I don't know. <laughs> Lots of things. Um, so back to your question. Yeah, I think breathwork kind of turned something on um, where maybe before you didn't realize that things were bad for you um, or detrimental to your health. I think you just start questioning everything what you're doing and why you're doing it. Um, maybe you give more value to your life and yourself. I think there's a lot of different ripple effects that happen when you start using these practices. It's different for absolutely everybody. Yeah, because some people talk about having the most insane experiences. Like some of these things that I'm like Sky was mentioning about people that they go so deep that they they can't it's as if like we mentioned before they are doing drugs and they're so blown away and sometimes i think one thing that was mentioned was deep experiences and traumas and things of the past may come to nature or, or may come to present what does that have to do with what you guys see being an instructor and in teaching other people this stuff like what are some of the most common reactions you get well, first of all, it's so important to, you know, these traumas, they get stuck in our bodies. Um, so even the slightest thing like a tooth pull or a cavity is traumatic for the body. So even though you don't think it's traumatic, a physical injury is just as detrimental to the being as a emotional um, traumatic experience. And if we don't deal with these traumas, they start to fester and manifest in different ways. Um, Dr. Joe Disposenza talks about this a lot, you know, emotions creating um, blocked energy, which actually leads to bigger health problems. So I think in today's society where we are more comfortable suppressing our feelings and our emotions than actually sharing them or releasing them, um, I mean, I used to use alcohol, drugs, food, people as a release, um, and that was toxic. And breath work, meditation, cold exposure, exercise, um, the list goes on. But these are healthy ways to release these emotions. And so people will, will go to comfort food and they'll just get the most bomb bread or the, the, the great sandy and 
and they'll go ham on it, but then they'll feel like ass afterwards because they're slowly but surely building inflammation in the body. Or like you mentioned, they turn to drugs or alcohol because it's a social pressure type thing sometimes, right? I enjoy some alcohol, but once you have a little bit too much, you quickly realize, especially when you get older, the hangovers, man. I mean, anybody that can truly just like drink after they're 27, like aggressively and not have a hangover, like you, you a sab, you a real sab. Yeah. Because the hangovers just aren't worth it. But They're really here. not. And Wim Hof Method actually will help cure your hangover. I've seen it time and time again. Um, friends, clients that I show up to do privates and they're hungover. Maybe they had a little too much fun the night before. Um, but definitely the breath work will help cure your hangover. And then when you do these breathwork sessions, when I was doing it with Anton and Sky, we would go into his, uh, Anton's place and we would do these, like the deep breaths, like the, like, I think it was the, that one. And then we would take turns jumping in. How long, once you, you know, charge it up, how long does the body is good to go into the ice? And, and basically if I charge up right now, do I have like a five minute shot clock before this charges down? What does that look like? <laughs> uh, well, first of all, um, you can do anything. <laughs> uh, you set your mind to it. And it's not the breath work that's going to put you through the cold. Um, definitely, there's three pillars to the Wim Hof method. Um, you're dulling your pain receptors, making your body more alkaline. So the cold is easier to go into. Um, if you do breath work, you are alkaline for the rest of the day. So you are, you don't have your five minute window, you are good to go for the rest of your day and feeling awesome because you're so optimal and optimally, you know, moving and functioning. Wow. What does your breath work routine look like? So my breath work routine, um, I wake up in the morning, I'll hydrate. Uh, sometimes I'll jump on the trampoline. For do you just do minutes. lemon water? Yeah, I'll have lemon water, a little bit of ginger. Nice. Do you just sprinkle some of that ginger in there or do you get the, the straight ginger plant? I buy the ginger and just slice it nice and fresh in there. Um, nice. Sometimes I add like a salt brine, so Himalayan salt, um, you know, really good for you. It's built of all these amazing minerals that are already naturally in our body, which we become deficient of. Uh, so, and then I go into my breath work. It's usually laying down. I love the Wim Hof guided breath work. I love Wim's voice. So I like to put his recordings on. Um, if I don't have a lot of time, maybe I'll do three rounds. If I have more time, I'll do five, just depending on, you know, my intention of the day. But definitely my days are better when I start off with breath work. Do you just look up on YouTube to get those or do you have these all saved? Uh, you can totally just go on YouTube. Got it. Right there. You just yeah. look up Wim Hof guided breath work and just go through. He's right there for you. Yeah. Interesting. And then once you do that, once you're charged up, you use the rebounder, right? So the rebounder is this little trampoline thing. You see Tony Robbins using it and things of that nature. What does that do for the body? Uh, definitely wakes up your nervous system and it's awesome for lymphatic drainage. Uh, so sometimes our limbs aren't working properly and that just kind of gives them a nice quick start. Got it. And how long do you have to rebound before you're rebounded? Ooh. Mm. I go 20 minutes in the morning. You do 20 minutes of straight jumping? <laughs> Try to. I mean, nothing's perfect and there is no plan. 
So, you know, a lot of people actually ask me, how cold do you make the water? How long do you go in? How many, you know, bags of ice do you use? And if you're getting that specific, you're really setting yourself up for this narrow window of awesomeness. Meanwhile, it's just like turn the cold on the shower, take your jacket off. You know, we can do cold exposure and all these little different increments and ways. Um, so I don't like to get too specific because yeah, I can go into the day hoping to get, you know, three rounds in. Sometimes I just get one round in. Other days I'm just mindfully breathing, sending breath to my belly, you know, breathing out of my nose because it is the carrier of nitric oxide, which is the carrier of oxygen. So so yeah. basically you'll just sometimes my room gets pretty chilly, right? And I'll throw on a jacket because I'm a little yeah. bit chilly. But you'll just use that yeah. moment <laughs> as a potential cold exposure type deal. And you'll just do some breath work and just pump up the body and, and use it as nourishment. Yeah, I mean, I don't even, you don't even need the breath work. Um, we are so lazy <laughs> as a collective, you know, like we have air conditioning and heat. And then we go into, we put our jackets on or, you know, take them off. Then we go into our cars. We turn on air conditioning. We turn on the heat. We go to work that temperature is already set up for us. So, you know, these parts of our brain and our body that would normally regulate the temperatures for us, uh, it's getting a little stagnant if we don't wake it up. That makes a lot of sense because when I moved to from upstate New York and New Hampshire area to California, I just became super soft, you know, like uh, 65 degrees was, was my necessary. Any lower, I was just like frigid, you know, but then when I was in New York, I was jumping in the snow. I was a little snow leopard, but you know, the pain receptors went away. You just naturally get soft. California, full of soft people, just throwing it out there. The, Miami is too, you know, it's warm here. When it's warm, you know, it, naturally anything colder, you just get cold. So that makes a lot of sense, just exposing yourself to it because your body's gonna naturally create some sort of chemicals. Uh, histamine's not the right word, but something that's going to be able to get you back into that funk the way you should be right absolutely yeah that's what it's all about you know like igniting these innate primal responses that we have in our bodies that we're not using as often as we should that's why i love when you mention primal responses i think of spearfishing because it's so awesome to me right um i'm not like i'm not a big hunter necessarily but i spear fishing like all about it right like the idea of of actually going down and catching a fish that's mm -hmm. epic right like I'm, I'm going down there straight merman just me and the fish it's actually the most environmentally friendly way to fish in the world because you're just yeah. picking that one fish right for anyone that doesn't understand this if you're fishing a lot of times people are fishing with like hundreds of hooks which can you know damage the fish might hook up multiple fish might damage the reef other people might use a net. Other people might use chemicals, God forbid, right? But if you're going down with just you and the spear, you're finding that one fish and done. But the idea of going down there and hunting and getting that feeling like, wow, I didn't just wake up and look at a screen for eight hours and get a paycheck and then go pay my bills and then repeat it. Like you went out there and you just freaking savaged it. That right. feeling of adrenaline and excitement, it's so, it's so awesome. Totally. And like, think about the grounding you're doing, you know, being there in innate nature connected to the natural resources. Like that's what it's all about. 
And that feeling camping too, just when you're it's cold outside and you wake up and you're kind of dirty, you got like sand all over you, but you're camping and you, you go and make your coffee and your coffee's kind of like shittier than it used to be, but it <laughs> tastes so good. And you're just like, let's go, you know? It's true. And, you know, I was one of those people that lived in comfort. Um, I was always cold between October and July. I had no circulation. My feet were always freezing. The cold definitely increases your circulation. And now my body works to keep myself warm. I'm not sick like I used to be. Um, sorry, I totally forgot what I was talking about. There. The immune system thing's crazy because I've, I've had several health issues throughout my life and, and the sick thing seems like a no-brainer. I mean, if it's, I think Wim scientifically proved it that it, it helps strengthen the immune system. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so there's actually a study where he's injected by an endotoxin um, that would normally cause chills, fever, flu-like symptoms um, through breath and mindset. He actually killed this virus. So they thought Wim was a freak of nature, you know, and that he was the only person that could do this. So there's actually a study group um, of a controlled um, group where the experiment was uh, you know, the people that did the breathwork and mindset training um, that were injected by the endotoxin, breathed it out and were completely fine. And then others that didn't practice the method um, actually had, you know, given to the virus and became sick and ill. That is so gnarly. <laughs> yeah. So it's not, you know, there's definitely hard science-based evidence of cold exposure, breathwork, mindset training through the Wim Hof method. Do you feel that it's somebody that's truly leveraging the cold? It's every day, like in a perfect world, you're doing the two minutes every morning. It definitely has its benefits. I mean, you're not only starting your day off with something that makes you uncomfortable. So that trickles down in how you, you know, perform that day, you'll be more inapt to you know face fears obstacles and challenges um, so it definitely on a mindset focus is probably one of the best things you can do to start the day wow yeah that's that's definitely going to be my play i'm going to get the full-fledged cooler and, and be one of the converted yeah that's my exciting friend, um, yeah go ahead my friend brad um he We'll just buy freezers, you know, you seal them. Um, and then, yeah, he goes in every day. He absolutely loves it. Um, so especially for people that live, you know, down South that ice gets expensive. Um, <laughs> it's not cold all the time. So definitely there are options and the freezer is a great idea. That's so cool because I've found that people that do this just naturally are like very cool people in general, there's this chillness and just overall sophistication to somebody that actually chooses to go into it. That is very just attractive as a human trait. And I think that there's a reason because of that, because these people are more confident in their own skin. They're able to do things that are uncomfortable. And that Absolutely. by nature is, is very just attractive trait to want to have, you know? Totally. I mean, that no stress life, when you're putting yourself through stress, you stress, um, 
it's a very beneficial tool. We live in chronic stress, which is not healthy because we're always up, you know, and are sympathetic. Um, but if we take it down, live in both places, um, you do find calm in your chaos, and then you're overall more chill to life's natural bullshit. It just doesn't affect you, and it's a great place to be. It's interesting. It's basically telling life, listen, bullshit, I'm going to jump in you before you jump in me, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, control the controllables. <laughs> It's interesting. And it's only getting more proven. It's only getting more thought out. And I think with the whole COVID deal, people naturally had to get more sophisticated with just health in general. You know, you hear a lot of people talking about how zinc, vitamin D um, are important to control just overall COVID symptoms and things of that nature. But I can imagine that cold exposure must be pretty beneficial as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, building our natural immune system. We are born and bred to fight viruses. So the fact that we're hiding um, and there's no talk about health, no talk about building the immune system, diet, mindset, meditation. Um, I think we're, as a collective, um, a very reactive society. And there's so many things we can do to just prepare ourselves. Um, I know Sky was with us in Poland for the exhibition. Anybody that I've talked to has been able to bend like bamboo through this because you're building a more resilience and that's what we need in society right now. We need strong mindsetted people building beautiful, strong bodies. The hardest thing is just getting into the habit, right? You might be able to do it once, maybe twice, but to be able to do it three times like in a row, I feel like you need to have a strong experience that propels you enough to keep going or a more compelling reason to just don't stop. And what I mentioned is, do you feel that doing something like what Sky did, which is going to an intensive workshop for a week in Poland, I think you guys have to jump into an iced lake for 10 minutes or something gnarly like that. Do you feel that that experience is, if you were to just kind of go all in on that, is the best way to actually create a lasting habit? Or do you think that just starting with one of the small cold exposures that you went to is all you, it takes? I think all in is a awesome way to be exposed to the method. Um, but accountability and finding your tribe goes a long way. Finding people to practice with. Um, we sign on twice a week for my live on guided uh, breathwork sessions. And that's to keep everyone going and keep the practice strong. Um, after we were in Poland, um, my co-instructor Bart and I, we were just leading breathwork with our group online because we wanted to stay connected. Then the pandemic hit. Um, my participants and clients wanted something more from me. They had just learned the method and wanted to keep it going. So we had this organic group forming and we would log on every week and it formed something really cool because it kept us breathing. It kept us looking towards something. You know, we were connecting with each other when normally we were so isolated in those really dark months. So it kept a strong connection going with ourselves, but also with our higher selves. So while we were doing the breathing practices, 
you know, we're releasing all these beautiful chemicals, we're getting high off our breath, releasing DMT naturally in our brains and our lungs. And it really went a long way. So I don't think, yeah, jumpstarting is super cool too. But I think more importantly, finding, you know, what keeps you going and how you can keep the routine going. Because um, not everybody has that money or that luxury or icy rivers. Um, um, but there's a lot of different ways that you can practice. And the cool thing about the Wim Hof Method and the tribe is that they're absolutely everywhere around the world. And you can find them on Instagram. You can find local Wim Hofers all over. There's a million Facebook groups where people gather and they actually connect um, just through the love of breath and the cold. So That's interesting. And, and you made a post recently on your Instagram. It was about controlling the controllables. Can you kind of talk about what you mean there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there's a lot of things that we cannot control in the world today, uh, but we can control the way we respond to stress. We can control our mindset. We can control our bodies, you know, building our immunity, what we put in our bodies, what we consume. So either that being, in, you know, by TV, I don't watch the news. Um, when I came back from Poland, I didn't even listen to the radio because my thoughts were so pure and I felt so light from what I experienced with Wim Hof and the other crew there. Um, so I think we can control a lot and just be mindful of what you're consuming every day, whether it be through your ears, your mouth, you know, your eyes, the people, the energy you surround yourself with. Um, right. You have more control than we think. <laughs> That's interesting. The people, like there's so many different things that we can control through the, the interactions we have on a day-to-day -day basis that just might impregnate us with either fear, doubt, or, or lack of belief. Because it's crazy how when somebody can walk in a room and they have this aura of this energy and savageness to them, like this confidence, like, hey, I'm healthy, I'm here, like it's about to go down. Like those people, you can kind of sense it, just how they walk, how they talk, how they breathe, how they act. But you can also sense like somebody that's just in the dumps that just doesn't have that belief. A lot of times, sometimes like depending on someone, if someone has a job, right, they kind of have that feeling. But if they lose their job, they lose their belief with it. When really they're the same person, they have the same qualities, they have the same talents, they have the same all those things. If not more, they have more experience. But being able to take that big blow to your life, like a financial blow from a job or from a health or something like that and take it in stride and realize like something even better is on the horizon and being able to smile and get excited about that. That's something that I truly try to strive for, right? Just to always be prepared for anything in life in general, because it all comes at you fast. And the health thing is always sucks, right? Cause like you deal with health and if health really, some people deal with just the most terrible things ever, you know? And you're just like, how are you happy? Like, how can you be happy if you have, a really shitty chronic condition that every day reminds you just to sit down, girl, like you ain't getting up today. But being able to find some sort of peace in any of that is so empowering. And that by itself can cause happiness. So I think that anything we're doing to strengthen that brain and, and, and get the brain bank stronger and making us feel like we're more capable of, of standing up to obstacles. I mean, that's like, everything you get a flat tire on the side of the road like you're able to deal with it it's not the end of the world right 
if somebody is in trouble, you can help them, you know, like there's so many things. Yeah. It's all about outlook and mindset and just knowing um, that the universe has your back and there's a plan and a bigger plan. So maybe when you do breath work, it opens up something and stretches a paradigm, you know, a shift happens, different pathways, and you can create different pathways by doing simple things like going into the cold, making yourself uncomfortable, or anytime, you know, there's a negative thought, reverting it. We're in so much control, more than we think. So just changing the thought patterns, creating, you know, a positive outlook sounds so simple, but it is so impactful. I love it. Positivity, baby. Good vibes only. It's a damn good day to have a damn good day. I love it. You know, even if you just fake it, sometimes you get it, right? It's not like the fake it till you make it. I like the phrase be it till you become it. Because eventually when you just start acting like the person you want to be and, and just giving it a shot, all of a sudden you become closer to being that person. It's like when someone reenacts being a superhero, like Robert Downey Jr. starts playing Iron Man. He did an interview where he speaks about how you know, when you're playing the part, you it almost naturally feel like you act like that throughout the day. You know, How can yeah. we continuously kind of act like the inner Ashley Orr and convince ourselves to go jump in a bunch of cold water and do all these diligent things that might be super annoying in the morning. Like, Hey, I want to get to my emails right away. Cause I'm anxious. I want to make a big sale. I want to check like, has this gone down? No, I'm going to wait an hour. And in that hour, I'm going to do my breath work. I'm going to go for my morning jog. I'm going to drink my lemon water. I'm going to jump on my trampoline for 10, 20, however minutes I'm going to listen to my, you know, morning, just jam, right? I'm going to get those vibes going. And then I'm going to shift into doing that. That is tough too. And I feel like that, I feel like if you have a family, like I don't have kids or in that situation, but if you had kids, I think it, it changes real quick. Cause you realize your mornings are dedicated to someone else anyway, you know? Totally. I mean, my heart definitely goes out there to people taking care of others. Um, I live a pretty lax uh, lifestyle where I'm able to fit these beautiful things into my routine. Um, but it doesn't start off like that. You have to add slowly. You can't just all of a sudden change your life. It's these small little intentions that add up after a long period of time. So I think people need to realize that. Um, just like any diet, you can't change it completely. Start taking little things out and adding little things. You know, don't be so drastic. And then maybe that routine or lifestyle will start sticking after long, repetitive you know, new patterns, new pathways. It takes a while. Yeah, they say you can't change a bad habit without first putting in a better habit, right? Like you need to switch the habit, but you need to shift it and improve that habit in order, otherwise it won't stick. Like you can't just not eat at, like if, if you're used to eating at 8 a.m., right? You're used to having some, some super dank, but like not good food, right? You need to shift it to something, get your oatmeal in, put in that cinnamon. You need to do it and like put something in between that to get your brain to start relating it. And then you can kind of wean off. That's what I've read and heard just throughout different times and talking to people. Totally. And like gratitude goes a long way. So if you're starting your day with a, a simple thing, like listing 10 things that you're grateful for, 
that list actually starts growing and you're in a positive solutions focused mindset instead of always, you know, looking towards the negatives or what you don't have. So that tiny little switch in the morning can actually go a really long way. Yeah. And then it's interesting because what's everyone's tank of BS that they can consume before they fall, right? It's a great kind of self-exercise. I'm just kind of riffing right now and talking about, but if everyone had this sort of gas tank full of bullshit that they can consume in one day or in one hour before they freak out, what is that for you, right? Because ideally, you want to be able to have a, a level of chill, calm, self-gratitude, appreciation, humbleness, and just overall belief in yourself that you can get other people's BS and not let it impact you. You know what I'm saying? You become that light and that that person, which is really related a lot to just entrepreneurship in general, because a leader of a ship needs to be able to be calm, clear, concise, because essentially, you know, one of my friends mentioned that being a CEO of a founder of a company is like being a certified garbage man. You're just always cleaning up other people's trash all the time, right? So you need to be able to be like chill and in a good position to be able to logically think things through. And when everyone's freaking out, you need to be able to just like, say all the sip, you know? Absolutely. And that goes back to, you know, talking about our sympathetic and parasympathetic. If you're always stuck in sympathetic, you're in a high responsive, reactive mode. So you're not thinking logically, you're thinking very quick, and it might not be the best, you know, um, answer that arises. So CEOs, you know, people that drive and, you know, carry large ships, um, definitely learning how to go in and out of these states um, is a huge edge for leading good, strong people. Amen to that. So Ash, I know we're coming up. I need to understand if you could have went back in time, like five years before you tried the Wim Hof method, or even like maybe when you're like 21 or something, and you could have told yourself, you know, one, two or three things that could have saved you a ton of like time, money, heartache, headache, exhaustion. And obviously the best answer to this always is I wouldn't have changed anything because it made me who I am today, but that's no, that's, but that's no fun. So assuming you could, what would be three things that you would say? Um, follow your gut. It's not anxiety. It might be anxiety. It's not a stomach ache. It's something telling you something. We have this brain inside our bellies and it's actually the compass that steers us in the right direction. Um, And I didn't know how to listen to that at first. And I'm really glad that I got to meet my intuition um, because it is the decision maker. So trust energy, I guess, would be number one. Uh, Two would be, I wish I knew breath work. I really wish I knew that a longer exhale than your inhale will put you in a calm state reduce anxiety, strengthen your immune system. I wish I knew that. Um, And then I think a lot of things would have trickled from there. And thirdly, um, movement, running saved my life. And I wouldn't have changed that for sure. So that's a non-negotiable for me. Um, Those three things are definitely life changers. 
I love it. Well, I, I appreciate you. I appreciate listening to you. You're clearly so sincere. You're authentic. You have this giant heart. You're, you're kind. You're full of gratitude. You, you're, you're a certified guided breathwork instructor for the Wim Hof Method, which is incredible. I mean, there's, it's, it's pretty tough to become that and you have to go through really intensive courses to do it. And you're just, you know, you're a normal-ish person that decided to do something very unabnormal, and it's given you so much life and allowed you to take control of your life, and that's really inspiring. And and I hope people that are listening to this kind of feel the the passion and the impact that you're talking about, and maybe this guides them to give another shot at that good habit or that thing. Whether, you know, ideally cold breath work what that'd be sweet but even if not that just waking up and just starting your day better and getting the stretches in and just trying it so everything you're mentioning is so amazing i appreciate you coming on the show i would love for you to to share how people can connect with you and learn more about your courses and things of that nature too yeah well thank you so much ian for having me um it's absolutely a pleasure to just sit down and talk from the heart and the soul you know about things that really matter to us um, you can find me on Instagram. So I'm iceplunge.ash. Uh, you can also find me on the Wim Hof Method website. So that's www.wimhofmethod.com. I have a few workshops coming up in the States. I'm going to New Hampshire. So if you have any friends that want to come learn the Wim Hof Method, uh, me and Brad Carson are there November 7th. Um, I'm also in Tahoe or in the middle of November and LA and Santa Barbara. So you can find me uh, on the website, but also just reach through uh, through Instagram as well. Well, you got to come out to Miami next time. I would love to. That would be a blast. That would be amazing. We'll host you. It'll be awesome. It'll yeah, be let's do forced, it. I'm so forced down. Into, forced into the ice. <laughs> yeah. I'm dead ass. Like, that would be awesome. Yeah, totally good. <laughs> Well, awesome, Ash. I appreciate you. Till next time, because we're going to have to run this back in the future. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time and space today. That was awesome. Thank you for listening to another episode of Len Jones Party of Two. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a review and subscribe to stay up to date on our new episodes. And remember, hope is not a strategy. Keep making moves. Till next time, peace.